and the way it was running just did not look like any human. Immediately, it felt like someone was watching. Something was watching. We seen some eyes which were glowing a bright red. Welcome everyone. You're listening to this Sasquatch show brought to you by Nicola Valley Bigfoot. Sit back and enjoy. Uh, hello, well, this is uh, Mark from uh, Alabama and I was, was going to tell you uh, something that happened to me 40 years ago. Uh, I was deer hunting down in uh, Linden, Alabama. It's about 30 miles south of Tuscaloosa. And uh, I was 12 years old. And uh, back then, you wasn't supposed to hunt by yourself at 12 years old. But my daddy would put us out a couple of hundred yards from him. And uh, and then he, he'd get, you know, on down there where he could hunt by himself. Well, I've been sitting there about an hour when I, I heard something scream, but it was it was way off. I kind of thought it was a bird at first. It uh, some kind of hawk or something. Uh, but as time went on, it was kind of back behind my left shoulder. And, and after about an hour, this thing would scream about every two or three minutes. And it had got around till it was six or 800 yards in front of me. And uh, when it was six to 800 yards away, I, I could tell that it wasn't a hawk or anything I'd ever heard before. This thing was really loud, and uh, it was making the exact same sound every time. And uh, it, it started heading towards me, and it was about six or 800 yards away, and it would scream every two minutes or so. So it screamed a couple of more times, and uh, and the, the last time it sc- screamed, it was about 200 yards right in front of me. And uh, it had me worried enough that I had stood up off the ground and got my rifle ready because I knew the next time it screamed, it should be right on top of me. And uh, when it screamed at 200 yards out there, I kind of knew it was in front of me, but it had screamed so loud at that distance that I didn't know if it was behind me, uh, flying over top of me. The sound was all around me. I I couldn't tell which direction it had really came from the last scream. And then all of a sudden, a deer ran right out in my face. Uh, I'm talking 20 feet from me, just come out of nowhere, out of some brush. And uh, me being a kid, you know, wanting to kill a deer, I, I shot at the deer, but I missed it. The deer turned and, and run down to my right about 50 yards, and it stopped. And I was shooting a, a 30-30 lever action rifle. And uh, the second shot, I killed the deer. But when it fell, my mind had completely forgot about the screaming. You know, I was that was the second deer I'd ever killed in my life. So I took off and ran down there. And about the time I got there, my daddy come walking up. You know, he would uh, always come when we shot, you know, uh, us being young. He was afraid that 
maybe we had shot somebody or shot ourselves or something. I don't know, just a concerned parents, you know, but when he came up there, he didn't even say anything about the deer. He said, son, what was that? That was screaming like that. And I told him, I said, I don't know. I didn't see it. I said, when the, when the deer run out and I shot, I said, it just quit. And I hadn't, I didn't hurt it again. But, uh, about two or three minutes later, up kind of where I was standing at up there when I shot, I heard something walking. I told Betty, I said, hey, uh, I hear somebody coming. And uh, me and him both thought it sounded like it was walking on two legs. but And it sounded so close that we thought we should be able to see this thing. I mean, you could hear the leaves crunching just like a man walking. And I mean, it was so close, but couldn't see anything. Uh, and it made a half a circle around us and it let out a scream right there on top of us. And I'm telling you, I mean, it would almost deafen you. And it, it went on around to our right a little bit more and got down on the creek and it hollered again three or four minutes later. And then we never heard it again. Uh, we drove the deer out and uh, that was pretty well it for the evening but me and my daddy and my grandpa all heard it do heard the screaming that evening but do you, do you think it was hunting that deer no I, there was no doubt it was running the deer i believe uh i believe a hundred percent that it was it was chasing that deer or whatever it was and, and I, I wished a thousand times i had just let the deer run by and to see what it was that was doing that. I mean, I, I've told a story to people and I hear, and I hear them say, well, I've heard of bobcats mating and uh, a mountain lion scream. Well, I've heard them too. And uh, it's not even in the same category. I mean, uh, uh, the bobcats and, and stuff like that that I've heard scream, uh, it sounds like a woman screaming. I mean, it's a terrifying a uh, scream uh, a bobcat uh, is when they're mating and stuff, but uh, nothing like this. And as a 12 year old child, like, how did you process, how did your brain make sense of it? What, what, what exactly what were you thinking when, when you were hearing these screams coming at you? And, like, it must have been kind of uh, frightening almost. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I mean, I, I had got, I mean, usually deer hunting, you, you know, you sit still and you wait till you see the deer, then you kind of, you know, ease your rifle up and shoot. But I, I had done, got so alarmed uh, that I'd stood up off the ground. I mean, I didn't have no idea that a deer was coming. I didn't, uh, I really didn't know what it was that was coming, but it didn't sound good, you know, so yeah. <laughs> I got up off the ground and, and, and got my rifle ready to and, and when you myself or whatever it was. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's uh, I think you having a weapon probably did did probably you a lot of good. I, I think it probably halted its senior rifles, and that's why it probably halted where it, it didn't make itself uh, available to see, right? What, what, what no, did you... I mean, that, that that was one of the funny things is, is when me and my daddy was standing there with the deer, the deer's laying right at our feet, you could hear this thing walking, and it, it, it sounded like it was walking on two legs, and it sounded like it was within 30 yards of us, but we could see 50 or 60 yards in these woods, 
but it sounded like you ought to be able to see whatever's making this sound walking. But we could not see it. I mean, we just, it was, it was right there on top of us. It's kind of like it was almost invisible. I mean, I know people that's hunted has heard things and you think, hey, I want to be able to see this deer by now and, and all of a sudden you'll see it. But that never happened. We never seen this, whatever it was that was, was screaming like that. Did you ever, did you know what Bigfoot was before all of this happened? And how, and how long did it take for you to kind of realize, okay, I, I think that was a Bigfoot that was screaming at me that day? I, I didn't even think that that day. Uh, I, I didn't really know what it was, but, but I, was, I mean, uh, I hadn't really heard much about a Bigfoot or anything back then, you know, you just, uh, I never entered my mind that this was a Bigfoot, but over the years, listening to other people and stuff like that, and uh, I believe whatever was doing this, I don't think a, I don't think any kind of cat or mountain lion or anything would be sh smart enough, or, or it would be, if it was a cat or mountain lion that used a hunting tactic like that to scream so loud that a deer couldn't tell where you, where it was, uh, we'd know about it. Uh, especially people that hunted would, would have seen this type of behavior before out of a mountain lion or out of a bobcat. But uh, I've never heard of anything that would use a screaming tactic to definite spray. Uh, and I believe 100% that is exactly what it was doing, was using this high-pitched scream to keep that deer from knowing its exact location. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I, I think that you interrupted its hunt. I think it was hunting the same deer that you got, and that's why you have the... Yeah, that, that's what I think. Yeah. Well, what did your father and your grandfather say about about the screams when they actually we heard talked, it? We, well, that's the first time. Uh, my grandpa was on up through the woods. We had a, an old international jeep, army jeep, that we drove down in these bottoms a long ways in there, and he was probably... Uh, a half a mile from us. So when we got back there, usually the first question that he asked was, hey, did y'all see anything? Was that y'all shot? But the first question he asked is my grandpa, he was about 65 years old then. Uh, the first question he asked was, what was that screaming down there? Uh, the same thing my daddy asked me. Yeah. You know, but I guess... Uh, me being a kid, and I hadn't killed but one deer besides this that deer there that I killed, I was so excited over killing the deer, I, I just kind of forgot about it. After I seen the deer fall, I took off and ran down there to where it was. But when my daddy got there, he seen the deer, and he didn't say, I'm glad you got one or anything. He, he immediately questioned me about what was screaming like that. Yeah, and that's understandable. I mean, it was, you know, from your father's perspective, it was probably ruining the hunt, right? Like this, whatever it was, yeah, screaming. I, mean, yeah. I, I kind of thought that too, you know, hey, whatever this is, I mean, it, it, it's right in here on top of where we're hunting, and, and it's loud. I mean, I heard anything I'd ever heard in the woods. I mean, yeah. lit, literally louder than any animal I had ever heard in my life. Yeah, yeah. I, I know it was 40 plus years ago, uh, Mark, but I was wondering, could you describe the scream at a, a little bit? Like if you had to compare it to something, what would you compare it to? Would you compare it to like a lady 
screaming or a child screaming or, or what, what what do you think it would be close to? Oh, uh, I know this sounds crazy, but it, it, it's always stuck in my mind, almost like the high pitched whistle of a hawk, but with the the scream of some kind of cat, some kind of a, a mountain lion or, or cougar or something with it. Yeah, I've never actually heard someone call it, compare almost, it to that. Almost like a dog, almost like the the ending of the scream would almost be like a a dog whistle, a penetrating into your ears sound. And that's the reason when I first heard it was so far off. I thought, man, that is a loud hawk doing that. But as it got closer, you could hear the the scream before the high pitched whistle at the end of it. I mean, it, it, it was just kind of like, I know that sounds crazy, a cross between a mountain lion and a, and a hawk, but that's, that's what kind of sounded, if I had to describe it, that's what I would say was, it sounded like. Yeah, I don't think that's crazy at all. I, actually, I, I've, I've talked to other people who, who've said kind of something similar, but it, it, it's, uh, did you guys tell anybody after you got back from your trip? Oh yeah, which, I mean, we live in a small town here, and they did they laughed about it, you know, and, uh, which we didn't dare say. Hey, we thought that was a bigfoot because my my mother was the first one to say, hey, I I think that was a bigfoot, and uh, I don't know if she had heard something or watched something or, or something that made her believe that, but she was the first one to ever say. I think that was a bigfoot running that deer, and I think it was it was used to that high pitched sound to deafen that deer, and, I, and that's what I believe too. I really believe that because it had me it had me confused of where its exact location is. It was, you know, when it got real close, I I couldn't tell if it was in front of me or behind me or flying over top of me. I had no idea until that deer run right out on top of me that. I mean, this deer was being run. I mean, this deer wasn't just trucking through the woods. This deer was running wide open, and maybe why I was shooting at this deer, I shot this deer two or three times. Maybe why I was shooting at that deer, whatever it was, was standing right there in front of me, and I wasn't looking at it. You know, I was glued in on the deer, trying to kill the deer, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Is was it was the area that you guys were hunting in? Was it known for, or has it been? Has there been Bigfoot sightings in that area since then? I, I don't know. I don't know. We hunted down there for fourteen years, and this was right behind uh, the Marengo Academy and Linden. There's a school there, and we had twenty four hundred acres leased in there, and uh, there were several thousand acres there. It was just nothing but uh, woods and pasture and, and and old swamps back in there. Yeah. I mean, besides yeah. the 2,400 acres we had, we had some friends that had several thousand acres that was leased joining to us. So it was a, a big block of land, but it came all the way up and joined right in behind the Marengo Academy. Yeah. But this wasn't the only time that you've had, you know, encounters with, with these creatures. Well, well, I, I've never I've been in the woods more than anybody that I know, and I haven't never seen anything that that I thought was a was a Bigfoot or something like that. But uh, me and my daddy was turkey hunting, and 
this wasn't that this wasn't near that long ago. I was in my mid twenties, I guess, and we was uh, turkey hunting on some uh, land over in Jefferson County, and we had turkey hunted this place a long time, and we come out, we come out of the woods about nine o'clock that morning and the way you drove in there was just old logging roads and we came out of there there was an old man and his trash pile and he was picking up cans and stuff and uh he kind of flagged us down there and he said uh boys what are y'all what are y'all doing in here i said we're turkey hunting and he said uh did you go in there before daylight and I said, uh, yeah. I said, we, we went in there about four o'clock this morning. I said, we're through hunting now. We're coming out. He said, you don't need to go in there. He said, especially not before daylight. He said, there's a monster in there. And I laughed. I thought he's just, you know, pulling our leg. But he was, I seen him just when I laughed that he was dead serious. He said, no, I'm serious. He said, uh, he said, there's a monster in there. He said, and uh, he said, I've lived over here my whole life. He said, and I've seen him several times. He said, but uh, I wouldn't go in there before daylight no more. He said, uh, he said, that, it's a, it's a dangerous thing. He said, to be around. He said, it's mean. He said, I've had it run at me and run me. He said, and I know it could have caught me. He said, but it really, he said, I don't believe it was wanting to catch me. He said, I was just trying to scare me real bad. Well, we just kind of went on, you know, and, and we drove probably 20 miles around to the other side of this land here. This land was a 13 acre, a 13 mile square that really didn't have any access to it. It was just coal company land that you could buy a permit to hunt and uh, on the other side of it there was four or five houses there that joined up to the land and we didn't have no place to park to to hunt that side of the land we couldn't get in there so I pulled up in this old woman's yard and got out and I knocked on the door and I said uh, ma'am do you care if we park here in your yard and uh, walk back through there and hunt I said I'll park down the road out from in front of your house and she said no said son i think i don't let nobody go back in there said if i do said it it'll make that monster mad said and he'll follow you back here said and he'll beat on my house at night he said he'll he'll run my dogs off said it, it'll make him mad if i let you hunt in there and I thought, my God, you know, two people tell me, and we've been hunting this land for five or six years, and I've never heard anything like this. Well, I got back in the car, and I told Daddy, I said, well, that woman, I think, nuts. I said, she told me that there's a monster in there, and she let us hunt. That uh, it would come back and kind of terrorize us. And uh, so we went on down the road another mile, I guess, probably past six five or six houses and make a long story short we got out and got told the exact same thing again that they wouldn't let us park in the yard because 
it would uh make this monster mad it was in them woods and it would come back there and terrorize them for letting us walk through their yard and go back in there to hunt now i don't know if that was just uh, a neighborhood all joined together to tell that but this old guy that first told us that was 15 miles from there and uh we had we'd never been to these houses before these people didn't know us or anything but uh that, that's really the only two times that i've ever did you guys end up hunting that day or did you go to just to an entirely different area no i, I kept hunting in there oh uh, i never seen nothing in there oh uh, like i said i've been hunting that land seven or eight years before i got told this but it did give me an uneasy feeling, you know, after, because this first guy that told us this was in his late 70s, probably. And both of the people that we stopped and talked to was older than back then. I mean, I'm over 50 now, but back then I, I considered them older people because they was over 50. Both people that told us about it would uh, beat on their house and run their dogs off and uh, yeah, just for us letting, for them letting us cross and go back in there and, and hunt in that area. Yeah. Did you connect the two situations together? Like, did you think, okay, well, they're they're telling me there's a monster, and I, and I heard something, you know, you know, a decade earlier from, you know, in my own experience. But did did the two? Yeah. Did I the mean, two I, connect? I, I, well, I, after after the first experience, it it made me realize that it, even as as I've got older and I I still hunt and stuff, that and you know I never heard that again. That there's things out there that um, I, that I think even experienced hunters and stuff run into every once in a while, maybe once in a lifetime, something like that happens, and uh. You know, I, I thought, I have thought, hey, that might have been exactly what was running that deer that time. You know, I, I don't know. Uh, it's just, without seeing it, it's hard to convince, your, convince yourself that it was a Bigfoot or whatever, you know, because uh, to me, it's human nature. If you can't see it, it you know, it's, it's hard to believe in, you know. That's, that's but, true um, to a certain extent, but from the sounds of it, I, I think... I think what you were dealing with when you were 12 years old, I think that was an, indeed a, a Sasquatch that you, you got in between him and its its meal. And I think that's yeah, why I've, you guys got I've screamed at. I've had a lot of people tell me that that's what they thought it was, too. Yeah. Uh, Did, it, 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 intentions was to to get the beard, you know. And uh, I've even had one guy talk, uh, had a told me he had had a similar experience but it was in a it was in a completely different state and he said uh, when it he told me he said uh, he thinks when it screamed out them times it wanted us just to to leave and leave the deer and uh, maybe if it I mean uh, I mean uh, a Bigfoot has got if there's such thing has got to be an intelligent animal or it would done been somebody would have done killed one in the woods or something, you know? Yeah, I agree. Did your encounter, did it change you in any way? Like, did it make you scared to go into the woods for a little while or, or did it have any effect on you whatsoever? 
No. No, I, I, uh, you know, I don't guess I'd go out in there without a weapon, you know, but I've always got a high-powered rifle with me, you know, and I, I believe it would kill anything on this planet, you know, so. But I, if you, I mean, I've, I've asked, people's asked me this, hey, if you had a saw it and it would have been a Bigfoot, would you have shot it? Well, that, I mean, that's a that's a tough question. Uh Yes, actually, I was, I was gonna, I was getting to that point too. I was gonna ask if you had, the, if you had to, would you, would you have squeezed the trigger? Yeah, if it got, I mean, if if I, well, it may be in twelve years old. Yeah, I'd have shot. I mean, whether I hit it or not, I don't know, but I would have definitely shot at it because I, I've been scared to death of it. You know, now if I was in a tree stand and I seen it walking across there, like three or four hundred yards, and it didn't know I was in the world. Uh, be hard to shoot something like that, you know. So, yeah. If I wasn't in danger, I don't think I'd kill it. Yeah, I, I, I mean, agree. A part, a part of you wants to kill it, but you can say, "Hey, here's a here's a Bigfoot. I got proof of it." Yeah, it's and, funny how that works because you know what? I, I've been in the woods and I've been uh, screamed at too by a Sasquatch, and you know, I have had we've had weapons on us. We've had tape recorders in my hand, literally in my hand. And just after the scream, I just completely didn't think about anything. I didn't think about pushing the button. I didn't think about, you know, bringing out the weapons, nothing. It was really, really weird how it kind of just, you, you don't focus on any of that. Just a, just on what the hell just yelled at me like that. That was the only thing going yeah. through my head when I got screamed at. So I'm, I, 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 I Anytime you hear something that you have never heard before and it's right there on you, I mean, I knew whatever this was was within 50 or 60 yards of us. It'll it'll definitely unnerve you, especially as a kid, you know. Yeah, absolutely. But it, it, it unnerves my daddy. And, and uh, my daddy was a seasoned hunter, too. I mean, he had been in the woods. We'd been in the woods a lot during our life. That's all we'd done, just about. And him and my grandpa talked about it all that evening and uh, that happened on uh, on Thanksgiving evening is when that happened so we was down there we we, we hunted Thanksgiving evening and then Friday and Saturday and then come home you know so yeah. that it was definitely the talk of the whole clubhouse there over the weekend <laughs> that, that happens <laughs> yeah did your encounters in, in the stories that you've heard about Bigfoot, has it made you want to learn a little bit more, or, or do you just, do you, do you just, uh, well, yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm by no far, no, I don't go out at night and, and look for Bigfoots or anything like that. I mean, we got, we got a like, couple thousand acres lease now that we hunt, and we've had it for 25 years, I guess, and we got game cameras up and stuff like that, and We've never seen anything, and uh, but I mean, you see people that's got pictures of them on game cameras all the time. And I believe until somebody kills one, and you can walk up and put your hands on it, uh, there people's never gonna believe it until they can walk up and touch it. Yeah, absolutely. There's a question that goes around a lot with, with um, Bigfoot, and I'm gonna ask it here. I'm gonna ask you it right now, actually. Is what do you think? that Bigfoot is? What do I think Bigfoot is? Yes, sir. Well, I would believe 
that if there's such thing as a Bigfoot, that it is a type of human being that is really more intelligent. Maybe not more intelligent book sense or something like that, but more intelligent in the woods than what a human being is in the woods. Because today with trail cameras, tree stands, uh, there's eyes watching in the woods, thousands and thousands, hundreds, thousands and thousands of game cameras. And uh, nobody ever gets a shot at one. Nobody, I mean, it just, uh, if, if he's staying in the woods, the same woods we're in, he is, he's way, way smarter. It's a way smarter species in the woods than a human being is. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I, I just don't think any animal, I believe it would have to be a type of human to, to be that smart. I don't think any animal is smarter than a human being, not even in the woods. Uh, I mean, a human being can kill any animal on the planet with a rifle and, and what he know and knowing how to hunt, you know. But you can't kill him, or he hasn't been killed yet. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree with you. That that seems that's a fair answer. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Well, Mark, this has been fun. I want to say thank you for taking the time tonight to come on the show, and I really do appreciate you you coming on and telling your story. Thank you. No problem, buddy. All right. If I ever see one, say another one. I, I'll call and let you know. <laughs> <laughs> I would appreciate that. Yes, thank you. And, All right, buddy. It was nice meeting you. Nice talking to you too, sir. And for the audience, just hang around. We're going to be right back. Stay there. My name is Tammy. Um, I uh, have my story to tell. Um, this thing happened to me. Uh, it pretty much has been a daily trying to figure out what did I see. So <laughs> I'm uh, going to lay a foundation of, of who I am because I'm kind of the least expected person uh, that you would think that would be telling a story like this. Um, I'm a preacher's wife, and actually we... Um, we had just got back from a preacher's conference when this happened. So just to give you a, a little bit of a background of, of why I ended up in the place that I was, um, <clears throat> we live in Indianapolis, and we were going to go to a preacher's conference in Louisiana. Well, my mother-in-law lives in Arkansas, so we were going to go down spend the night with her, and then go on down to the preacher's conference just to break up the trip because it's a really long drive. So we did that. You know, we go down and stay with her, get up the next day, and we, we say our goodbyes. It's a beautiful sunny day the rest of the trip down to Louisiana. And we came through this one area. My husband is from that area, so he knows you know, he knows all the little bergs and all that stuff. So we come through this one area and, you know, we're all quiet in the car, my son and my husband. And it just dawned on me 
we had not seen a house for miles, it seemed like. And I started noticing where we were. It, the road was kind of built up on a, it looked almost like a levee because um, the part of the, once you got off of the road, it kind of went down just a little bit. I would say maybe four or five feet down. And then it started to get a little swampy. And then there was these bushes. So I told my husband, I said, where are we? You know, he, he let me know where we were at. And, and I said, are we ever going to see a house? And he said, probably not for a good while. And I was thinking to myself at that time, <laughs> man, I would hate to break down in an area like this because nobody had cell phone service. And you'll understand more about that when I talk about what happened. So we go down to the preacher's conference. We spend a week down there, and we head back. And it's a Friday night in January 2017, the day my life changed. <laughs> so we were, it was dark. It was, it was late. Uh, I don't know. I want to say maybe... 12.30 to 1 o'clock, maybe 1.30, and we were headed back to my mother-in-law's again, same route that we took going down. So we crossed this big iron bridge, and as soon as we got on that road that was built up, you know, like, the, like a levee sort of, there were deer just... I've never seen so many deer in one location in my whole life. And they were standing in the road and down on the, you could see their eyes down, you know, where the road went down, the hill went down and then it started getting swampy. Uh, there were just, they were everywhere. And I, I have hit a couple of deer where there was civilization and you know I went I was just I went into a panic I told my husband I was just please slow down you know we don't even have a cell phone service through here so he was basically at a crawl and we would go a little ways and there wouldn't be any deer you know he had his bright lights on because I'm just looking on both sides of the road I'm you know, my son is asleep in the car. Uh, my husband is looking on both sides of the road. So we would go for a little bit longer. And then there would be a whole bunch of deer again. And it just kind of went that way for I don't know how long we went. But we started around this big bend. It went my husband, like my husband on my husband's side. We just kind of went that direction. And then it was just this really big bend in this two-lane road. And his bright lights hit this. All, all I know was that it, it was this gigantic, it looked like this gigantic hairy man standing if we had been outside of our car, I would say we were 30 feet from this thing. He 
it was almost like he had been facing the road and when he saw us coming which would have been on his right because he was face I thought he was facing the road anyway because he was moving he was turning away from us and when he turned I saw that arm come out and then he kept turning because we you know we were we were just crawling with the car uh, when he turned I started to see that head with no neck and these shoulders that was probably as wide as I am tall I'm five foot tall and oh wow yeah I I couldn't I couldn't see I could see down to where his arm probably his arm probably was he had a fist as well I mean I got a good look at this thing because I you know I couldn't process in my mind what I what I was seeing I never really believed in this kind of thing you know I I thought if there was, it was probably only one or two of them. Um, but you know, I didn't. I didn't ask for this. It just happened. So I'm looking at this thing, and he just continues to move. I never did see his left arm because we got past him at that point. Um, but it, it, he, I couldn't see his feet because it was like he was standing on the part of the road you know like I said it was like a hill I, I I probably saw from his to his knee and then I couldn't see anymore you know I, all I saw was just to his knee because his his arm with that fist came down to about his knee and I I did see something on the side of his head I don't know if it was an ear or it, it was something on the side of his head where an ear would have been. It was small, though, you know. Um, I know that's a lot of detail, but I just, I just thought about that the other day. I was remembering, and I, I, I just remembered that, and I was like, wow, I, I had forgot about that. So, anyway. <laughs> we get past this I'm silent you know I am I'm sitting over here in the passenger seat and my mind is racing a thousand miles a minute I'm trying what did I what was that you know and I, I finally I finally got up enough nerve to ask I, I asked my husband I was like what was that? But I had this fear in my I was on the verge of tears because I have never seen something so big. And that was something else that when I saw it while I was looking at it, I had a feeling that came over me that I don't ever want to feel that again. I, I don't it was a it was a combination of fear anxiety uncertainty um, you know just it was just a flood of, of emotion that came over me when I saw that thing 
And then my husband, my husband said to me, he was like, when I said, what was that? He said, did you see it too? And I was like, oh my goodness, he saw it. And I said, my husband's name is Bruce. And I, I said, what, what was that? And my son never did wake up. He, he stayed asleep the whole time. I wish he would have seen it though. But, um, how long did it take you to kind of figure out what exactly it was that you saw? As I mean, like you're, you're, the human's instinct is to try to make sense of what, what doesn't make sense and to try to piece things together to make, you know, to, to have some kind of idea of what you're looking at. But, you know, when, when it comes to these creatures, it, it's very difficult for anybody who's seen them to kind of, and didn't really understand what they were, to describe what, what it was. But how long did it take for you to kind of go, oh, that was a Sasquatch. That was a Bigfoot. Well, um, you know, we were, we, where we were in Arkansas, um, we were still quite a ways from his mom's house. So I would say that we were at least an hour from his mom's house. And so we, we just kind of talked between ourselves and I, I said, that, that wasn't a bear. I've seen bear. You know, I'm, I'm originally from the mountains of Kentucky, and I've never seen a bear that looked like that. I, you know, it, it wasn't a grizzly bear. It stood on two legs, and it had shoulders like a man, and there was no neck. And we're just trying to – we're talking back and forth this whole time, and – and I, I finally said, could that have been a Bigfoot? And I, it just sounded so stupid coming out of my mouth because we're told that these things don't exist. And I think that's probably why I had the reaction that I did when I saw this thing because my, my eyes were seeing it, but my mind wasn't processing something that's not real. You know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, so we get to his mom. Well, on the way, you know, we both kind of were leaning toward it being a Sasquatch, and uh, we get to his mom's. We never, we, you know, we just get there. It was late. We went to bed, got up the next morning, and we didn't say anything to his mom. Didn't say anything to our son. And so we get back to Indiana, and I told my husband, I said, I want you to draw a picture of what you saw and compare it to what I saw. And he drew the same exact thing. I got a better look at it, I think, because he obviously was trying to watch the road. You know, it wasn't a straight part of the road that we were in. It was this big bend. And from that point until, um, well, I, I started watching Bigfoot videos. I, I, I got on every <laughs> YouTube page, every Facebook page that I could even think about. That's all it consumed me because I wanted to know. What did I see? What I know 
that I saw something I have never seen in my life and don't care if I ever see it again. Once is plenty. I know that they're real. <laughs> um, how these people do it that go out in the woods and come face to face with these things and they scream and yell and uh, I would just I would just fall out dead right there. You know, I, as the way that I reacted in the car, I I can't imagine being out in the woods. <laughs> There's no way. So so I I um I stumbled upon the Sierra sounds. Of course, we didn't hear the thing. You know, we were in the car, so. It was just like, you know, when he turned around, it's just like, oh, here comes some people. I'm just going to turn around so they can't see me. Um, but I don't know how long it really took me to discover that it was a Sasquatch. Just not very long because of how determined I was to try to figure out what we saw. And... Uh, from that point until today, it is part of my everyday life. <laughs> I listen to podcasts. Um, I watch. I watch one particular person that has uh, YouTube videos on. He puts them on just about every day, and. He and another couple of guys that he knows, I really, I really admire what they do, and I admire what you're doing for bringing attention to this subject matter because these things are absolutely real. There's been thousands upon thousands of people that have seen them, and I think that they've seen them all throughout history. You know, there's drawings that they have found of them. There's six-fingered hands that, you know, they've, they've found on rocks and all that kind of stuff. They're real. No one will ever convince me that they're not because I've seen one, you know. And at this point in my life, I really don't care what people think about me. I'd have absolutely nothing to gain from this. And I have my reputation on the line. So, you know, I'm not going to sit here and make something up just so I can be on somebody's podcast. Absolutely not would I do that. Um, me going camping in the woods? No way. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> not will I ever do that. <laughs> no. So, my husband, uh, you know, we, like I said, we, I watch all these videos, and my husband's on, on board with me, too. He just, he lets me do all the research, I think, because I'll find something, and I'll, I'll say, here, let me show you this. But when we found the, the Sierra sounds and we started listening to that, oh, my word. And then I stumbled upon the... Uh, the DNA studies. I'm sure that some of your guests have heard of the DNA studies. Absolutely. How they? Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. I, I just absolutely. Yeah. I actually I interviewed um, Doug Highcheck a few weeks back, and and his his whole basis of his discoveries that he's going to be bringing forward now will be based around DNA. 
So yeah, th- there's a lot of a lot of, uh, of uh, movement when it comes to Sasquatch and DNA within the community. So stay tuned to all that stuff because there's going to be some pretty big announcements coming within the next little while. Uh, when, oh, when I can't wait! To, I uh, cannot wait! Oh, and uh, um, the the one show that oh gosh, I can't. I watch so much stuff. I can't keep everything straight. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know. I, just, I do that too. I, what? I, I do that too. I, I kind of I get lost in all the videos and, and podcasts that I listen to, and yeah, I, I can't yeah. remember where I got information from, but <laughs> I know that. <laughs> So this one program that I, I don't I don't I, I'm not sure when they're they've had two seasons. Uh, they actually the last season that they had, they were in my hometown in Kentucky. Uh, they were on Pine Mountain, um, and that's that's where um, that's where I'm from. That's where my family's from. I just happen to live in Indianapolis now, but. Um, our mountains are little hills compared to what you guys have there. <laughs> so, but uh, Bigfoot I have are everywhere learned. actually. So, yeah, mountains are not as long as there's forests and trees for them to to hide around there. You'll find them there. They are everywhere. Yeah, and you know, I I I didn't realize that you know as a kid because we would we would get out in the mountains and walk around and play and you know we never did see anything like that. Thank goodness, but. Um, I hear that Kentucky is quite the stomping ground for Sasquatch, if I can put it that way. I've heard that um, too. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's several sightings there. Yeah. Before we so, move on, though, Tammy, I want to ask you, um, what do you think the creature was doing? Do you think it was hunting? You know, you guys just came along a, a big herd of deer, I guess, if that's what you call them. Um, yeah. Do you, do you think it was out? trying to trying to get trying to hunt and your your presence kind of interrupted that and it basically kind of made it turn back. oh yeah is that what you think yeah i do doing? i absolutely do you know now that i know what i know um i you know he had he had plenty of food around and that was something that my husband and i were talking about before we got to his mom's that night and I was like, you know, what what was he doing? And my husband said maybe he was hunting those deer. Well, you know, all all this time later, there's been people that have eyewitnessed deer carcasses 20 feet up in a tree. You know, half eaten or um, I just heard something the other day of a of a deer that was it was all mangled up like its body was completely twisted and it was half of it was gone so i'm sure that was a sasquatch encounter with that poor little deer but yeah i i think they eat meat i think they eat um berries i think they eat anything they get their hands on yeah it's very um humanistic almost is that there were we kind of share that, yeah. that that common thread where we're kind of herbivores. We'll eat both vegetables and and meat. So yeah. I, I think they do share that commonality with with people. Um, yeah. I, I know you mentioned earlier that you you guys didn't really tell anybody when you got to your destination. But did you guys actually open up eventually and talk to people about what what you saw? And how long did that take before you decided that I, I can't keep this in anymore? I need to speak to somebody about this. Um. 
Uh, the first person that we told was our son because he was asleep in the car and uh, he doesn't believe us. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I'm just like, you know, honestly, I do think that he does believe us because I won't let it go. I I can't let it go. I'm not going to let it go until uh, until I know for sure what these what these things are and I think that there you know there are people that absolutely know what they are but it it after I, after we told our son it was probably uh, I told my mom as soon as we got home because I was completely creeped out by the whole thing um, but when I started to share my story with other people, like I said, at this point in my life, I I have I don't really care what people think about it. You know, they can laugh and ridicule. I think my character as a as a minister's wife and my example of my daily walk, uh, people know that I'm real and I, I'm not a liar. I you know I try to conduct myself as much of a godly woman as I can. And I think that when I tell my story that people genuinely believe me, um, I have told a few of my coworkers and they believe me, you know, um, I was on another podcast and I told some of my friends that I was on, I told uh, our our best friends it it was a little while before I told them and still now I I don't really I don't really talk about it unless something like that comes up um well you, your brother yeah, had, your your brother had an experience as well right so I mean you guys must have some kind of common <laughs> common yeah I t- oh yeah i told my brother for sure can, can we, because you after, mind telling that yeah. story yeah he um it was him and his wife and then my sister and her husband i think it was back in 1990 there's a park about an hour and a half west of indianapolis here and they it was kind of in the fall they had decided that they were just going to go camping. And honestly, I think they were in a tent. <laughs> but anyway, they they were on the trail. It was starting to get a little dark on them. And um, they started back to camp. And my brother, you know, some of the leaves, it was in the fall, like I said, and some of the leaves had fallen off, so they were a little crunchy. My brother said, did you guys hear that? So they stopped on the trail and they were like, no, you know, we didn't hear anything. So they start walking again. Well, over in the, I don't know where, where the growth and stuff was at. My brother could hear this thing stepping the same time they were stepping. And he said, there it is again. So they stopped. And I think at this point, that they all heard it and they started walking a little faster. Well, it kept up their pace till finally they started running because it really creeped them out. And when they got to the tree line, whatever that thing was, it stopped. 
that didn't follow them anymore. They didn't hear, you know, they didn't hear any heavy breathing or because when they got back to to our, to our house, they started telling us about it, and we just thought that it was a person trying to scare them. But now that I know what I know, I I believe that it was a Sasquatch, without yeah. a doubt. Yeah, yeah, so do I. I I've yeah. had a similar experience happen to me a few years ago, and it is yeah. very, very unsettling where, where you can actually hear footsteps. And I don't mean like four-legged footsteps, because I know what it sounds like. I know it, and I also know what two footsteps sounds like, you know what I mean? So biting yeah. foot. So, yeah, it, it's a very yeah. unsettling feeling that it's hard to uh, explain. It's very difficult to explain the uh, level of fear that comes when, when you can't see what's coming, but you know what's coming. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. yeah I, I and you know, um, I, the whole, I, I, I wasn't really going to talk. I, I had thought about a few things that I was going to say to you, but something just triggered when, what you said, being out in the woods and, you know, um, I lived in the country for, I don't know, 12 or 20 years. And, I would go out mushroom hunting. We had quite a few acreage. And I remember seeing tree structures <laughs> on my property that I I just, I thought, how did that tree get like that? You know, not knowing anything. I'm just thinking that another tree might have fell over or something and it caused it to be like that. or I, That just happened to come to my mind. I don't know. I just thought I would share it with you. <laughs> tree structures are generally a good indication that there are Sasquatch in the area. And I mean, um, mm-hmm. some of them you can account for windfall or, or just natural. Yeah. Oh, water. yeah. But when you get those elaborate, eccentric uh, uh, structures, that just does not make sense that why something like that would be in the middle of nowhere. Then usually there's, there's Sasquatch in the area, at, at least yeah. in my own my own experience, because we've. Me and my friends have actually found a few of them, and there's no way in heck anybody could have made that. And you would need machinery to to put something like that. Yeah. There was no way a a tractor or anything was getting in there. So, yeah, tree structures are definitely a good indication of Sasquatch activity. Yeah, they're like, you know, no human being is going to lift a whole tree up and, you know, make this elaborate concoction with all these other trees. No. Yeah. So I, I was going to tell you um, uh, what this, how this thing, his hair, what his hair looked like. Actually, yeah, I was actually we were going to bounce back to your sighting, and, and I wanted oh. to ask you about you know its other features that you kind of didn't mention. Like how long was its hair? What color was it? You know, did you get a good look at its face or its hands or anything like that? If you could go into this a little bit of detail, that'd be great. Well, like I said, I. I didn't. I didn't see his left arm. I only seen his right arm, and he was making a fist. And his hair was like a, you know, it was dark. But the best that I could see, his hair looked like a combination of brown, black, and some gray, kind of. But it was it. It looked like it was maybe six to eight inches long. It was long hair. But it wasn't matted up. That's what was so funny to me about it. His hair almost looked like 
it had been combed out. It was it was straight. It wasn't all matted up and you know, I don't know if they groom themselves or if another Sasquatch grooms them or <laughs> what, but that that stood out to me and it stood out to my husband too. Uh I didn't see his face. Um I think if we would have been just a couple of seconds sooner, we probably would have seen its face. And I I really wish that we could have seen what it looked like. Um, I think that's pretty much on everybody's mind because I've heard people that have seen their faces, you know, everybody says that they look different. Uh, and I've also heard that people say they look different in different areas of the world their faces are different or some of them might not get as big as some of the other ones, but his, his body shape, um, like I said, he was really broad across his back and then his waist went down almost, I know it sounds a little ridiculous, but kind of like a bodybuilder would have a big chest and then their waist is smaller. It wasn't like he was straight up and down, you know, like people want to say, well, you saw a bear. Well, a bear is straight up and down. They don't have a shape, you know, like that. And his uh, right shoulder, I could, his hair wasn't so thick that I I couldn't see his muscle. I, I could see that muscle in that arm right there in his shoulder part. Um, but that's, that's really about it. I wish I could have seen his face. I really do. And then I seen that little thing that I don't know. I want to say it was the ear, but I didn't, I, there was just something there on the side of his head. It, it didn't fit his head. His head was much bigger. Um, yeah, it, the ear didn't match the head like a human's ear you know they most of the time fit our head his this if that was an ear it was very small yeah and i've you actually know, was I've very heard small that too. yeah i've actually heard that a few times from from other witnesses that have seen them oh okay i didn't know that yeah okay <laughs> yeah well tammy i'm going to ask you one final question before i let you go um okay i want to ask and in you can answer either way, but do, do you think that Sasquatch will be acknowledged within, you know, the next, let, let's just say within the next decade? Um, I sure hope so, because this is the thing. Um, there's a lot of missing people that I think Sasquatch has something to do with it. I mean, there's there's so many missing people that they're, they they find absolutely no trace of these people, uh, even down to little children, you know. And now that I know what I know, um, I'm not for people going out hiking unless you've got some big elephant gun that can kill something like that. You know, we don't. We don't, we've never really had people that have been 
uh, brutally attacked by these. I know that some people have like had rocks thrown, things thrown at them, but I mean, I've never, I've never heard of anybody being brutally attacked by one of these things and coming back to tell it. Now maybe there are people that that's happened to, but I just haven't heard about it. But honestly, um, I think that I think that they they will kill and eat just about anything that they can to survive. Um, as far as them uh, being acknowledged, I really, really hope that they are. I really do, just for the safety of people. Yeah, yeah, I do, and I think that they will. If people like um, the guy that I was talking about um, that puts the Steve. YouTube videos on there a lot. Yeah, Steve. Yeah. Yeah, Steve. How to hunt that Yeah, he, I, I like this I didn't channel. Know if yeah. you wanted me to say his Oh, no, that's fine. I yeah, I, I, you know, it, they're all part. I, I love watching all of it because I just, uh, I love hearing Sasquatch stories. So I don't yeah. really care where I get them from. So <laughs> that's why, actually yeah. why I started the podcast. But yeah, Steve, he's a he has a he's a great channel. I like it. Yeah, very much. Same with Sasquatch Chronicles. I love that show and Cliff and Bobo's. Yeah, I, I, I was to... on that show. Oh, were you? Yeah, so I was, was on I a that couple show. years ago. Yeah. yeah. Cliff and Bobo so, have a good show and, and yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean uh, there's there's so much information out there, but when when they go back to that to that DNA study you know, this this lady put her whole career on the line, and she was very well respected before she done the study, and then after she comes out with it and says, you know, that we know that the mother was a human, but we don't know what the dad is, you know, that... that that opens a whole big old can of worms right there because yeah. it obviously has a dad. Yeah. You know, I, I wouldn't even know how to venture on that one. <laughs> I wouldn't either. That I one. wouldn't because, you know, there's so many theories about them possibly, um, maybe even being a, a branch off of the Nephilim and, you know, who I, I'm not one to say that it's not a possibility because I never thought that there was a Sasquatch in the first place. And now here I am, 58 years old, and I'm sitting here on a podcast talking about a Sasquatch that I saw in 2017. You know, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I hope that, that, that they acknowledge them Me too, for the I safety of people. And safety of people and, and gen, just the general knowledge that people know that they're actually out there because they really are out there. I, 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 can't, yeah. I can't express that enough to people, even to, to people who doubt me and, and to doubt everybody who's seen one. Yeah. I'll, I'll take you in the woods. I'll, I can show you, you know, I can show you some evidence within a couple of hours that we'll find something. In really? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the area I live in is quite, well, other than it being on fire right now. Um, is quite is quite active with, with Sasquatch activity, and it's just it, oh my goodness! It's such a commonality here that that people don't really understand why I would want to start a podcast about it or even talk about it because it, it to them. Uh, and I'll give you a good example before I let you go, though. 
is, you know, my, my in-laws live in an area where they're quite rampant and they speak of the, speak about them with great respect, but also as, as common as like, uh, maybe, you know, I saw a grizzly, you know, I saw a grizzly bear and that's about, what? and then, and that's how common the Sasquatch sighting is. So it, it depends oh, on my what, goodness. Yeah. <laughs> I know <laughs> that, that just floors me. <laughs> yeah. Cause here we are in little old Indiana and you know, I, no, I, I would just, I couldn't imagine living around somewhere like that after seeing one. Uh, I'd just be, I would, I'd probably get my boots on and go out and look for them. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> well, Tevi, yeah. if you ever in BC, I'll definitely take you out and I'll show, I'll show you some. some okay. <laughs> but thank you so much for coming on the show. I, I sincerely appreciate you taking the time today. I, I really do. Oh, not a problem. I've, I really enjoyed our conversation and, um, Good luck on your podcast. Thank you for uh, bringing attention to this. Um, I don't think that there can be enough attention brought to it, but uh, I really appreciate you having me on your show, and uh, thank you for all that you do. Oh, you're welcome. (laughs) Well, for the listeners, if you guys just want to hang around, we're going to be right back. We're going to close out the show. Stay there. And welcome back, everyone. We are back to pull a pin on this episode. But before we do that, we have to give a huge, huge thank you to both guests for coming on. Mark, thank you so much, sir. And uh, you know what? I 100% believe it was a Sasquatch that you encountered that day, uh, way back when with your your daddy and your granddaddy. Uh, I truly believe that's what it was. You interrupted a ton. And uh, Tammy, great story. Thank you so much for coming on and and telling us about it. I really do appreciate you taking the time. Um, it was just amazing. Thank you so much. I'm in a really good mood, guys. I don't know if you can tell or not, but uh, uh, recent events, and let me back up a bit here. For the past, I don't know, let's say month and a half, uh, most of British Columbia has been kind of on fire. And I don't mean that in a figurative way. I do mean that literally. Um, the, the city that I live in is a rather small city. It's, you know, maybe 9,000 people. But we were surrounded by uh, a couple of huge, huge forest fires, and they were really, really threatening to make its way here. Um, there's a little uh, village about 15 minutes from my house that actually did get evacuated, and that's actually where my place of work is. You know, when I'm not doing Sasquatch stuff, believe it or not, I have a regular job. <laughs> um, so they got evacuated, and you know, I, I couldn't get to work. There was so much stuff going on. And, you know, my city where I live was put on evacuation alert and we were packing and we were getting ready to go. And there was just so much. I really didn't think today was going to be the day for a show. But in the in the last week, well, let's say two weeks, we've had unprecedented rainfall, you know, that, that came and helped really keep these fires at bay. And, and and I do apologize to the people who did lose their homes because there have been quite a few, um, you know, houses destroyed and homes destroyed. There's been a whole village that's completely wiped out. It's completely gone. And, you know, to, to you, to those people, you know, my heart really does go out. I, I really feel horrible for you, for you guys. And then I really wish you the speediest of recoveries and I hope you get your house back sooner rather than lady, later. Um, 
but in terms of, of i think we're kind of out of the woods with this one i'm hoping anyway uh we we had our evacuation alert rescinded and we're now just dealing with uh smoke <laughs> and uh, my place of work which got evacuated is now rescinded to an evacuation alert meaning i, I could still my place of work could still be evacuated but I don't think that's going to happen. So, and the the moral of this, or the point of this whole story, I guess I wanted to say is that for the past couple of weeks, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but as I've been closing the show, I just been, you know, unintentionally kind of asking for everybody to help, you know, send some good vibes this way and maybe pray for some rain, you know, that sort of thing. But it worked. <laughs> it worked. And uh, we got, unprecedented rainfall in the past two weeks and it's been a lifesaver it's it rained today actually at the time of the recording so anyway that's great news but what that means for the podcast is we will not be taking a you know a break as i had initially thought so you know what i'm gonna be i'm right back at her i'm right back at her as a matter of fact we have a great show coming up for you guys next week and let's push this button we'll find out what's coming up next week on the next episode of this Sasquatch show, brought to you by Nicola Valley Bigfoot. I looked down at this gravel pit, and there were three dark figures standing on two legs. And my first thought was, what the hell are those people doing down there? But I hardly got that thought out of my head when I realized what I was looking at were not people at all. So tune in for that one. I'm going to be bringing Todd Neese on the show. And some of you guys may know who he is and some of you may not, but he's been on, he's had some television credentials and, and he, he's actually quite well known within the British Columbia Sasquatch uh, community. And uh, he's got a great story for us all. So tune in next week. It's a good one. I promise you. And um, let's see, what else do we have here? Oh, you know what? I have hoodies up at bonfire.com. You type search Nicola Valley Bigfoot and my shop comes up and I have uh, hoodies on there as well as mugs so go give it a look-see if you don't mind it helps support the show and all proceeds go directly back into the podcast which will you know make it better for you and me make it more listenable as i'd like to say <laughs> but uh uh you know what I'm, I'm just in a really good mood i'm going to get us out of here uh I, I don't want to take any more of your time go enjoy the day you know enjoy the day with your family hug your kids hug your spouse you know just wear a smile on your face because it goes a long way believe me it really really does and uh, you know what? Until next week, guys, I will talk to you. Oh, you know what? I totally forgot to plug my own show. I guess we better do that real quick before we go. If you've had an encounter and you want to be on the show, contact me at NicolaValleyBigfoot at gmail.com. That's N-I-C-O-L-A, NicolaValleyBigfoot at gmail.com. Anyway, so next week, guys, definitely tune in. Todd Neese, great show. I'll see you guys then. Bye. <laughs>